0: How's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run The Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And Jinga Linga Ling. -ling, We are (laughs) back with uh,
1: this category, which Dan needs to introduce again. Ah, yes. Give me a second. Our category this month is Christmas Movies That Are Not Elf, A Christmas Story, A Christmas Carol. Miracle on 34th Street, A Charlie Brown Christmas, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, The Santa Claus, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, or Frosty the Snowman. Boy, do we have a list. We dug (laughs) for this list, and we got to pick tonight. You probably know what it is because you clicked on the episode, but what is it, (laughs) Dane? Ah, yes, I picked the best Christmas movie, Die Hard. Die Hard. And why is Die Hard a Christmas movie, Dan? Die Hard's a Christmas movie because it teaches us to be in the spirit of giving back (laughs) to others, (laughs) even if you've stolen from them. It's about bettering yourself. Uh It's also about spreading good cheer and fun. (laughs) even when you're not personally invited to a party <laughs> giving bullets and plastic explosives back or uh <laughs> i didn't say what he was giving back to <laughs> you'll find out in the review fox it's all about
2: connections john McClane gives plenty of gifts and kinds that he received
1: <laughs> he does he gives more than he received He did
0: put ho-ho-ho on a dead guy's shirt, so...
1: That's true. Truly a guy in the spirit. They're even having a Christmas party. And they have Christmas music.
2: And if you look real closely at the last scene, you see Santa fly overhead. Do you really? (laughs) You pause it just at the right second. (laughs) or You're You're putting uh... us on,
3: aren't you?
2: (laughs) You guys missed that? No, that's not right. (laughs) And then there's the after credit scene where Santa just, he gives you the, he gives the shush to the camera at the end in a wink. You've
0: probably seen Die Hard. This is a pretty popular movie,
1: but we are going to talk spoilers. So you've been warned. Guess what, guys? This movie won best foreign language film. Where at? From the Japanese Academy. Uh Oh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's cool.
3: Could swear that I was just reading that like only two of the terrorists are actually German and anything Alan Rickman says in German is incorrect.
2: So you're saying Germany didn't give him any awards? It doesn't sound like it. Bruce was born in Germany. Bruce Willis is more German
0: than uh, the Germans he was uh, he was fighting the terrorists. So, and he also has hair.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's the weirdest part about this movie. <laughs> what that he has hair or that he's acting oh
2: (laughs) (laughs) savage
1: yeah this this is from the bygone era when bruce willis actually liked his job
0: bruce willis is always one of those guys who i see him in a movie and i never see him as the character besides maybe john mcclain i just see him as bruce willis
3: oh even in pulp fiction
0: yeah I, i just i don't even know his name i just know it's bruce willis And he got paid a lot for this movie. He got paid like $5 million, which in 1988, that was pretty unprecedented. I know this was Alan Rickman's first uh, big movie, because he'd been doing a lot of, what was it? It was like British production, stage productions or something? Yeah. Maybe TV shows? I can't remember exactly. I think it's crazy that Die Hard is number 125 on the top
1: 250 list of IMDb. I mean... It's a <laughs> it's a real good action movie. it Should be higher than one twenty five. You know all of the movies that ripped this off after it came out, even the sequel to Die Hard. The first one ripped it. Gotta off. say, the, this is the <laughs> third one. This exact same plot. this The
2: second one is well, he gets trapped in a building again and has to kill the, t- the terrorist thieves people.
1: Now he's in an airport in the second one.
2: Have you seen like that commercial he did recently where everybody thought Die Hard was back, but I think it was just a battery commercial? <laughs> no. <laughs> I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure it ended up being just like some sort of weird commercial. So everybody was like, oh, he's back. And I was like, oh, he's selling batteries, I think. John McLean
0: battery salesman <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen anything about Die Hard really besides this movie and I hadn't actually seen this movie till like a couple years ago yeah it was um at like Walmart has you know you go to the self checkout and they stick like the cheap movies there they had Die Hard there for 5 bucks blu-ray and I was like you know I've never seen this movie so I just picked it up, and then I did watch it over Christmas break. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's the way to do it. I think that was pretty crazy that somehow I had not seen Die Hard for, you know, like 20 years of life when I'm obsessed with the 80s and action movies, and especially 80s action movies, because this director, John McTiernan, he was putting
1: out some killer 80s action movies. Yeah, namely Predator, a year before this.
2: Really? That's cool. Yep, he
0: did Predator. Last Action Hero was 90s, but it feels like an 80s movie.
1: That's because it's a 80s action movie spoof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, what what'd you guys think of Die Hard? Do you even have to ask for this
3: one? <laughs> That's a wrap, boys.
0: We're
2: done. Presentation.
3: <laughs> no, you know, actually, it was kind of fun. I probably haven't seen this in, gee, I don't know, eight, nine years. And it it was kind of fun to like watch it critically and not just do it for like a fun action flick, you know, definitely a new appreciation for a lot of the stunts and the sets, the cool uh the practical things they accomplished throughout
2: yeah, I was impressed with that yeah, just like that was a lot longer than I remembered it being. It's like two over two hours long, but honestly, you don't really feel it that much. I kind of started feeling it a little bit towards the end, but honestly, like, it moves really quick. Like, there's a lot of just... It's just kind of nonstop action for the most part, you know? (laughs) Once things get rolling, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's always pretty tense. There's something tense going on, whether it's outside the building with the hostages, what the terrorists are doing, um, or what John McClane is trying to do. There's always something interesting going on that provides tension somewhere.
2: And I just love that tower. That tower is such a cool place to do it with like him climbing up the elevator shafts and stuff. I think they do a good job of like utilizing like the vertica- verticality of the, is that a word? The, yeah. The verticality of the, the set, you know, like really emphasizing how big this like building is and like the layers of the building. And, you know, he's always seems like he's dangling off an edge, climbing through long vents and stuff like that. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it really reminds me of there's there's a few movies that have like these tower settings where they have to go floor by floor to do stuff like uh like dread or um the first raid movie where he has to go through floor by floor of uh what is it like an apartment building but oh obviously John McClane does not go floor by floor; he goes to many different floors <laughs> throughout kind he goes
2: back and forth yeah.
0: But yeah, they do have that verticality thing. They use the tower in smart ways to get good stunts and action out of it.
2: Oh yeah, he's dangling off of things so much in this movie like. He's using an axe, he's using his gun to like as like a grappling hook. It's nuts. Fire hoses. Man, he's always on that brink of falling off of something it feels like.
0: I just think it's really cool when you get action movies like this that are in one setting for the whole movie. And they use it really well. Because most action movies, I mean, they're all over the place. Like, you look at action movies today, they go from, like, the desert to the jungle, then to Antarctica in, like, a day. Yeah. (laughs) The setting (laughs) changes so much. It's cool to see these older action movies like this and Air Force One and stuff where it was one setting for the whole movie. They're just really using it for all it's worth, you know?
2: Yeah, keeping it simple, like... They don't need to move anywhere else. They can do everything they want to do in this building. Air Force
1: One is a lot like this, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking while I was watching it. it Kinda of made me want to watch Air Force One. So yeah, at least <laughs> that
3: one's a good ripoff.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen
3: that one, but what? Oh. would recommend. There was a bunch of like
0: Harrison Ford movies where he was like president or something. I don't know if they were all related,
3: but Yeah, they were Tom Clancy's where he's Jack Ryan. You know, Hunt for Red October is the first in that franchise. Is it really? Maybe that's why it reminded me of
0: it so much, because the same director directed that, kind of set the tone for the rest of
3: those movies. You know, I could see Die Hard being in the Clancy verse. That would work. Well, this is actually, this is based on a book, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I didn't know that either. I noticed that this time watching. I was like, what? Really?
1: Be curious to read that. Yeah. Nothing lasts forever is the name of the book
2: oh huh okay well not sure what to make of that (laughs) to be fair it's just about as fitting as die hard i think die hard's catchier but i mean die hard you could place on almost any action movie and it would work i think so it's not really (laughs) super applicable i mean but john mcclain he doesn't die easy i guess (laughs) so
1: yeah you brought up a good point earlier mike about john um john mctiernan's movies feeling similar because they do a lot of them have the have that big focus on um the main action hero and then the bad guy and building them up for a final showdown and stuff like that
0: yeah he does a really good job um building up his villains and stuff because i mean even look at predator predator is just kind of a cool villain In itself, but he does a good job building up to it. And same with Alan Rickman here. He does a great job building up Alan Rickman and how he's smart and how he does his heists and stuff. And they just have a really satisfying showdown at the end, I think.
1: And even when it's not a villain, like in Hunt for Red October, they still have that really strong duality going. Yeah, a lot of action movies
0: today, I think, really fail to build up the villains like they can i was gonna bring up like the marvel movies today those are action movies and for the most part i think most of the marvel villain movies kind of suck compared to what they could be the newer villains are a lot better um they do a lot better focus on them but some of the earlier villains um they were just all had the same plan they weren't built up very well which you could argue those are movies about the heroes which they are but it's just so much better when you get the villain built up and the hero and then they have a very satisfying fight at the end, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean I love Alan Rickman in this. He's awesome. Yeah, and they do a really good job. He's like so like charismatic, but he's also, yeah. He just seems so he's like so polite to a point, but then yeah, he'll just shoot you like <laughs> if you annoy him too much. It's pretty cool. I like his character quite a bit.
1: Yeah. And he knows like all the workings of all the different the the FBI and the police and everything. He's got everything planned out. Yeah, he's competent,
0: he's cool and collected for the whole movie pretty much. And if his henchmen wouldn't have got, you know, like involved personally and messed up,
2: his plan probably still would have worked. They would have trapped John McClane in in the elevator shaft or whatever, and then you wouldn't have to deal with him at all. <laughs> yeah, he was able to deal
0: with, you know, the mess ups in this plan and still do it very well so he's a cool villain
2: yeah they they do they spend a lot of time yeah like, like kind of just with him and how he interacts with like the hostages and with his own men and stuff they give you enough to yeah really kind of get into his character yeah and you get
0: a scene that i love in this is it's like about halfway through when they actually meet each other oh man alan rickman you know is playing like he was a hostage that escaped and That's just a great scene.
3: I was reading today that that scene was like unrehearsed between the two of them, so it wasn't like improvised. But they like didn't like practice it before shooting at that time, so it would be more like spontaneous. And Alan can be more like on his toes for how Bruce Willis is.
0: Well, it works, and it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. So
3: I know Alan Rickman is just one of the best. Like you know, obviously one of the best villains, I think, in the history of cinema, but also a great actor. Even on top of that, the man is just phenomenal in everything he does.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at Alan Rickman, and he's been on a lot of stuff, and he adapts to those roles super well. Like Snape, I can only see Snape as Alan Rickman. Everything he's been in he can adapt so well, whereas with Bruce Willis, I'm like, oh, that's Bruce Willis. <laughs> he's Aww. pretty good
1: when he wants to be. Remember the Sixth Sense? Don't forget that. I don't know. I,
0: I've i never felt like Bruce Willis was the only person who could play a
1: character. I mean, he's pretty iconic as John McClane. He's iconic because he's the everyday guy. He's not like Arnold and Predator. I
3: feel like they try to sell him as that in this, but then he just turns into, like, Arnold, turns into Rambo pretty quick. Yeah.
2: But he does feel relatable, I think, yeah.
3: He gets
1: messed up, though. You see his feet? Oh, He does get messed up. His feet make me feel like the uncomfortable
0: I felt when I watched The Revenant and I saw Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio's <laughs> lips. <laughs> yeah, you know, like his lips are so chapped at the end of that movie. And you just look
2: at and you're like, ugh. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> huh, yeah. I I would never come to my mind. I forgot about the lips until you brought it up. Yeah, when Bruce Willis is just like swinging and trying to kick down the glass and his bloody footprints are just like smearing all over. Oh, God. Yeah, it's brutal.
0: Yeah, that guy loves... To break glass with his body parts. like He does. <laughs> he smashes the glass that holds the like uh, the axe that he uses to beat down the door with his elbow. He's kicking out glass. He's punching out glass. I'm like, dude, the ultimate enemy
1: of John McClane is glass.
2: <laughs> Ooh. Then years later, he finally stars <laughs> in Glass, the movie.
1: Yeah, you're yeah. forgetting Unbreakable as well.
2: His real arch nemesis, you're right. Is Glass
1: wow that you know i didn't even think of that but that's awesome there's another m night Shyamalan twist for you <laughs>
0: years in the making and i'm not saying i hate bruce willis bruce willis is awesome but i i don't even know i don't, can't remember his character that he's supposed to be in glass and unbreakable i just know him. <laughs> i'm like oh that's bruce willis
2: I mean, he's good. I do like him, but it's just he gets a bad rap nowadays because I think he's doing a lot of like straight to like DVD stuff.
0: I mean, he's iconic. Everybody knows who Bruce Willis is, pretty much. So
2: he's an action star. Everybody remembers him. So that's good. He's up there with you know the other people, Stallone and Schwarzenegger, with the re- recognizable names.
0: I loved the the sergeant guy who was out eating. Um well his first scene was so good when he was buying all the snacks. <laughs> and he's like, they're from my wife. But <laughs> I'm gonna start using that one. <laughs> I loved him. Isn't he the dad from like Family Matters or something?
3: Carl.
1: He's Carl from Family Matters.
3: The casting for this movie cracks me up. All of Gruber's henchmen's like these guys don't look like terrorists. They look like a, like, I don't know. Like a Europe or Van Halen cover band. They're awesome.
2: (laughs) What are you talking about?
1: (laughs) Like, these are the hottest henchmen I have ever seen. (laughs) They're ripped. Yeah, I read in the trivia that
0: like none of them are german they just found like intimidating looking guys who were over six foot (laughs) Like you're hired you know these guys are
3: rehearsing the final countdown after the shoot every day
2: (laughs) i did like the henchmen they were good they had like little dynamics here and there not a lot obviously but yeah like the the brother relationship there seemed like there was two that were always arguing with each other like as they're moving the rocket launcher across the thing felt like those two were always arguing um i really liked the the hacker guy he was my favorite he was cool he had the most personality i thought he's like
0: christmas references for the police guys coming up yeah <laughs> it's <was> pretty funny
2: <laughs> it took him so long to get to what he was trying to say i was like man if i was alan rickman <laughs> i'd be like just tell us what you what you saw dang it <laughs> They didn't hire
0: him for his charming personality.
2: That's what he says, right? <laughs> yeah, He's probably the only one who survived at the end, too.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. He has gotten knocked out.
2: Yeah, if there's anything I don't necessarily love about it, it's probably that like subplot with the limo driver.
1: What? What's wrong with Argyle? I love that. <laughs> Argyle is a bro, man. He was going to give Bruce a hotel. Yeah, I love it. Like, they're shooting guns off in
0: the building. He's just jamming to music and drinking the booze in the limo. He's talking to somebody.
2: I liked him at first. He was pretty funny. But then whenever, like, he would cut back and he was like, oh, dang, he just said that to Alan Rickman. I'm just like, "Uh, okay. Like, we don't need to hear this part. I don't know. He, he was a fun character. And he doesn't have a huge role, but it's just pushed it a little too far for me sometimes.
3: Well, I suppose that's fair i guess i'll grudgingly admit that
2: they are just comic relief scenes i suppose he was listening to some cool tunes though i want to know what that christmas song he was listening to was that was awesome
3: (laughs) that was so funny (laughs) you know speaking of the tunes i really enjoy the score for this movie it's kind of foreboding but almost in a comical way like whenever Argyle's driving the limo around the garage to come ram into the hacker guy, <laughs> and it's playing the foreboding, almost Jaws-esque music. I don't know, that had me cracking up. I had never really noticed how amusing
2: it was before. It's pretty intense, yeah. I like it quite a bit, too. They have that one... I don't know if it's just technically a Christmas song or not, but it's like a dark version of it. What's that? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? They play it every once in a while. Um in the score. Is it Ode
3: to Joy? They use it three times. Yeah,
2: that one. It's not like technically a Christmas song, but it's played in Christmas a lot. But I like the dark version they use. That was cool.
3: Yeah,
0: this movie has quite a few. I Well, I love 80s like one-liners in action movies, and you get quite a few of them with John McClane in this one. I would say some of them, but he he usually drops the F-bomb in every yeah. single <laughs> one he says.
1: So. And
2: then there's the... Come down to the coast. We'll have a few laughs.
3: <laughs> when he's in
2: the duct. <laughs> That's classic. I love that line. He's such a fun character in this, you know? Like, he's so sarcastic. He's kind of witty, you know? <laughs> he's, he's awesome. He's really fun to watch.
0: I don't know. I just like those kind of movies that have the one liners. I just love those, you know?
1: It is pretty fun and it adds a lot of dimensions to his character too because he's you can tell he's he doesn't want to be there but he's in his element at that point and he kind of takes on a whole different persona when he's at work than when he shows up to the party at first and then he's talking with his wife and everything and you learn their backstory and all that and even when like he first shows up and gets in the limo with Argyle, like. He, takes on a whole different personality and you get to learn a lot more about him because of it so it works well for his character and for having good action movie fun (laughs) quotes
2: yeah i didn't think about that but you're right yeah he kind of does it's like well you know this is a horrible situation but at least i know what to do in this situation whereas yeah talking with like all these like business people and hanging out at this rich party like yeah he definitely didn't want to be there either way.
1: And that's something this movie does good is the characters, the main characters are all pretty interesting and have pretty good backstories to them, I think, anyways. Even Sergeant Al Powell has a great backstory and you get to see his character develop over the course of the movie, too, which is cool.
2: Well, I didn't really like that one as much, honestly. But You
1: didn't like Sergeant Al.
2: No, I like him as a character. I just felt like at the end, it felt kind of forced to me that he pulled out the gun. But I get it. You know, they're closing the, the circle or whatever. But
3: Well, that's the theme of the movie, right? What? Redemption through violence.
2: Oh, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I guess it is. That's how John McClane
3: redeems himself to his wife is by committing <laughs> extreme what?
2: acts of violence and murder. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Redemption through violence. Oh my God! Wow.
3: I mean, you think I'm kidding, but it is a critical analysis I've read that a lot of people seem to find in this movie, both because of the way Al resolves his issue at the end and McLean. I don't think you're
2: wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can see that. That's an interesting take. I like that take, but I, I'll, I don't know. Al, if you would like, maybe helped out more or something beforehand. I don't know, but
1: he tried. He was. Talking mad smack to the incompetent, like, police guys and the FBI. He sits back on the radio. Isn't that a noble endeavor for a cop?
2: It is noble, yeah. But, I don't know. I just, at the end, I I just, I could have done without it, I think. I like the character enough as it is. It just felt weird to me. It's like when the big bad villain gets up one more time. Yeah. <laughs> It was the long-haired guy. He came back, right? Was it him? The, didn't he get hung? Yeah. What a beast. But I like everybody else quite a bit. Like, they're, like, characters and stuff. Like, yeah, they, they flesh it out just enough, I think, to really make you care about everybody. Like, um, his wife is really interesting. The, like, division the that her and uh, Bruce Willis have is pretty cool. I I think it's all pretty neat, that what they do with them.
3: Yeah, it's like a real struggle, you know, it seems relatable, I guess. I mean, I've never had that situation, but, you know, it's not some absurd movie drama. We've been divorced, but we're still tight friends. You know, it's, they're married, they've had some problems, they're separated because he didn't want to leave.
2: This is like their last chance to work it out kind of thing. Yeah, like, it's it's cool. It's a good setup. Emotional stakes as well as physical stakes. Because I was worried the whole movie. I was like, oh, man, when are they going to reveal like John McClane's wife is there, too? <laughs> yep. I thought that that one dude, Oh, uh, I hate that guy. The like salesman, whatever her friend, <laughs> the sleazy 80s guy, <laughs> the guy who's smoke doing cocaine. And <laughs> he's like, I think
3: we could all say the classic 80s guy <laughs> who we're talking about. <laughs> uh,
2: but even he didn't sell her out, which I thought was kind of cool. I had I, forgotten that he didn't. I thought he was
1: going to. I saw something, this viewing, that I found interesting. It feels to me like this movie has a big critique on, like, higher-ups in charge. Oh, like the police captain? Yeah, like the police captain, the FBI guys. Um, And then it has a big critique on the news media, too, which I was very appreciative of.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's got something to say. Yeah, every, like, yeah, authority figure in charge is thinks they know what they're doing, but does not. They're overconfident, and, you know, they have no basis to be that confident. And they're made to look like fools at the end. Even when, yeah, that one police guy's there trying to tell them all the information, and they're like, nah, nah, we're not going to listen to you. Like, that's worthless. But it works in the movie, yeah. I think that's pretty cool.
1: It goes back to um uh, mclean being the everyday guy that most people can relate to not being in a position of power and it goes it works the same for um sergeant al powell too the only one it works for is hans gruber but i mean he doesn't make it <laughs> through the movie so
3: <laughs> and even then he's part of a terror i guess well was part of a terrorist group whose like whole ideal was disestablishmentarianism So even he hates authority figures. I did read that, yeah, there's a bunch of anti-government corporation themes. Even anti- I mean, I guess anti police is Well, not police. I don't know. Well, kind of. Because, like, you know, his adversaries here are both the terrorists and the cops. Because he keeps trying to solve the situation and the cops keep almost murdering him. And being like, stop! Stop getting involved! Just let us do our thing. I don't know if you guys have seen Bob's Burgers, the TV show. Some of it, yeah. There's an episode where the son of Bob writes um, writes Die Hard, the musical, and it's incredible.
2: The legacy lives on still to this day. Say,
3: yeah, I think it speaks to the cultural impact of this movie, I mean. This film, like, resounded, yeah, across media, and still does, obviously.
1: It's still better than most action movies.
3: It is, you know? And, like, it's not even, like, crazy john wick gun fu action it's just good old explosions some barefoot sprinting through glass i mean it's all gritty and i hate to say grounded because it's not grounded it's pretty
1: ridiculous
3: (laughs) yeah but there's so much stuff i I guess i was kind of reading earlier you know after doing this movie so they were going into the 90s after this and they started using a bunch of cgi matrix baby yeah the matrix started using cgi so then a bunch of the you know, knockoffs you were talking about started using CGI. And one of the biggest critiques is that they can't stand up because it just doesn't feel as impactful or grounded as practical effects do, you know, using real pyrotechnics
2: and (laughs) explosions and stuff. Especially back in those days, yeah. Because you could really tell. They don't age well at all. Well, the Matrix might. But the knockoffs... The Matrix does, yeah, that's what I mean.
1: (laughs) They don't use a lot of CGI in that one, though. You can tell when they do, but it's not bad.
2: The sequels do, but yeah, the <laughs> Yeah,
1: the sequels. We, we're not talking about those, though. I guess
3: the ultimate point of this tangent is that, yeah, Die Hard is definitely up there as not only one of the best action movies ever made, but in my opinion, one of the best movies
1: ever made. To give some scale to this, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, it's in the top 250 on IMDb for a reason. I'm curious what action movies are ahead of it. I'm going to look. That is a good question, because, I mean, it's it
3: is a goofy action movie, but it's so impactful. Do we consider Indiana Jones
1: movies action movies?
3: I'd say adventure.
1: Action adventure?
3: I do feel like that's a good distinction to make between action and action adventure. Yeah. I mean, Indiana Jones should be in, like, top 20 movies of all times pretty easily. Last Crusade was...
1: 122
3: god i love last crusade you know since we're on the tangent maybe it's a hot take but last crusade is my favorite indiana jones
2: Uh, i don't think that's a hot take
3: well i know a lot of people say it's inferior to you know raiders but it's
1: very similar
3: to raiders it is very similar but i gotta say sean connery and the templar stuff at the end really pushes it over for me
2: we can all agree temple of doom was not that good though
1: No, no.
3: How dare dare you say (laughs) those (laughs) words?
1: How dare you string them together in a sentence? It's different, but it's not bad.
2: It's been a while since I've seen that, so I don't know if that holds up. Crystal Skull's the worst, obviously.
1: I quote Temple of Doom more than any of the
2: others. But let's see.
1: Oh, Avengers Endgame is ahead of it. Really? Aliens is ahead of it.
2: I could see that. That's
1: a hard choice. see. Infinity War. Terminator 2. But that's kind of an exception. <laughs> that's
2: like one of the best ever, yeah.
1: Leon the Professional is ahead of it. Seven Samurai is ahead of it. The Matrix. Sure. <laughs> Maybe.
2: That's a tough one, too.
1: I mean, these are all extremely good movies that are ahead of it. on, And this is IMDb, so... You know what, I would go ahead and put this one above The Matrix for me. That's tough, mm, but, you know. That's a very tough choice, because both were extremely influential on the action genre, and though I'd say The Matrix is being aped more than Die Hard, or is stuck around longer, I would say. These
2: days, at least, yeah.
1: I just think I could watch Die Hard over and over, you know. I just feel like it has a lot more rewatchability for me. The Matrix, I've seen that hundreds of times.
2: Man, I love The Matrix, but, but yeah, all those those movies you've listed are, I, like, yeah, it's hard to, they're, it's very tough choice.
3: The cream of the crop, top tier, I mean. Well, I think we've gone
0: off on so many tangents in this review. Are you ready <laughs> for some overall presentation then?
2: I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, so we got a scale we use to rate these movies that goes from Burn It pass watch it or buy it in that order we all give a little summary of what we think and then we try to average all of our scores out at the end if we can so yep there it is the scale did i ever tell you i kind of had a weird experience that reminded me a lot of die hard um that's frightening (laughs) (laughs) it was a little intimidating so i got invited this christmas party you know uh one of my friends was like hey yeah come on come on up to la we'll go hang out at my work party should be lots of snacks, you know, champagne. It'll be great. I was like, Okay. Right, fine. <laughs> mm, I'm sure it was there. <laughs> you missed a spot, TV. What? <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on. Um, you know, we were all just having a good time when these uh, dudes just busted in through the elevator shooting guns and saying, hold up, hold up, everybody stay calm. We just have one request. And I was like, What? I just kind of stayed silent, actually, you know, I was just trying to hide in the back. I didn't want him to notice me, but they're like, we're looking for a podcaster, someone who talks about movies. It's called Run the Real. He's been doing it for a while now. (laughs) And finally, I was like, okay, okay, it's me. What? And they're like, are you Mike? And I was like, no, I'm Terry. They're like, oh, I think we're at the wrong party, but... If you could tell Mike <laughs> to go first, uh, we'd really appreciate it. We're, we're and then at they the left. Wrong Party. <laughs> so, um
1: watch out, Mike. <laughs> wow, is, is that how our fans react
0: to wanting me to go first? I guess,
2: I don't know. They demand it. They clamor for it. <laughs>
0: they clamor for it today. <laughs> Can't let the people down, the fans, dedicated listeners. I mean, this is Die Hard. I may have gave my hand away early. I do own this movie already, but I hadn't seen it for a long time, but I'd heard of it. And when I saw it, I wasn't disappointed. It's a really good action movie. I mean, it's like up there with all the other best 80s action movies. It's got the fun 80s vibe to it, the quotes, the whole look of it. And it's it's just really good in general. I, I got to give this movie a buy it. It's so renowned and held in high regards for a reason, and that's because it's just a really solid, great eighties action movie. It it's fun. Buy it from Mike.
3: Yeah, you know, like I said earlier, this has probably been eight, nine years since I've seen this one. It was just a good old classic eighties flick, uh, when I was a kid. It's a buy it for me as well. I'll just go out there and say it. I don't even know what else I could say at this point to uh sum up everything. It's an incredible action movie full of practical effects and a super cool Set, which i believe i read was actually fox headquarters and they just used their own facility to film this so yeah this movie is so freaking cool i mean john mcclain is a great character there's some neat development with him and his marriage and between him and sergeant al it's almost inches i feel like it's inches away from being a buddy cop movie with the relationship those two have it's so wholesome and heartwarming and fun I'm in the process of purchasing this right now with a real wicked uh, Christmas sweater cover.
2: So oh. <laughs> that's a buy it from Fox. Yeah, this is a action classic. Um, I always forget about this one for some reason, too, but it really does. It's such a great watch. Um, it's really fun, entertaining, a lot of great set pieces. Uh, the acting's all really well done. The villains are awesome. I think I'm going to give it a buy it as well, yeah. it's It's pretty great. I mean... Just go watch it. You'll have a few laughs. So, Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. I have Die Hard on Mm Blu-ray.
1: Yeah, I don't have anything different really to say. This is the cream of the crop for action movies. It's excellent. It's exactly what you want out of an 80s action film, and it also does more than what you would expect from there, especially with the characters and how well they are developed and how interesting they are in this film. Um, a lot of 80s action movies have very weak characters, so it's nice having a lot of characters who are very charismatic and play well off of each other and actually have interesting stories um, to get invested in. And the action, it's all filmed impeccably in this. I mean, I always harp on what I don't like from action cinematography but I got nothing to complain about here it's great it feels close and cramped when it needs to and then when you have the more open spaces and the different levels of the um, building you have nice clear shots so you can see everything that's going on so it's it's really good it's a buy it from me as well it's this one you need to see if you haven't there you have it. Die Hard. Buy it. Christmas movie. The best
2: Christmas movie. An excellent present that we found under the tree this time. So, I've got that segment we talked about last time, Black Christmas Ketchup. Oh. Oh! I watched the 2002 or 2006, whatever, the one in between the latest one and the old one. I watched that remake. How was it? horrible i Ooh. really did not like this you know i don't give burn it's very often on this show but if we reviewed that i would probably burn it i hated it it was real bad
1: so the like oh six remake or whatever
2: yeah yeah just
1: saying you're, you're gonna give a burn it to the other one too
2: there's no way that one could be as bad as this man i think there is a way, and you'll
1: fi- you'll see when you watch it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll have to wait and see, but it was horrible. It's all it's they go a lot more into like what the killer, who he is, and like his background. You were on to something, Dan, about like the incest stuff. Um
3: I knew Oh it. no.
2: Yeah, it, it's pretty messed up. Um and it it has the weird like, you know, in the two thousand it gave me like Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake vibes, kind of. Just in like the weird directions, the nasty directions it goes. It's not like overly goopy or anything, you know, but I don't know. Like the killer, he has yellow skin. What? It's, it's strange. Weirdly, it almost made me think of like if Tim Burton made a horrible R-rated movie. Oh God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
2: there's my quick review of Black Christmas, whatever year that one came out. Was and
1: it? a review of all of Tim Burton's R-rated movies at the same time.
2: Has he made an R-rated movie?
1: Yep. Sleepy Hollow, Demon Barber of Fleet Street, Ed Wood. Sleepy Hollow actually isn't that bad.
2: I, I said if he made a horrible R-rated movie. I'm not. And I'm not saying his R-rated movies are horrible. I'm just saying if he made a horrible one, this is what it would be. So so
1: Terry's actually saying he hasn't made a bad R-rated movie.
2: <laughs> I'm saying I have not seen any of his R-rated movies. <laughs> 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 but anyways, there it is. It was awful. I wish I hadn't done it.
0: Thank you for subjecting yourself to this for all of us.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't watch the other one either
2: it's gotta be better it's gotta no, be no it's
1: not it's worse <laughs> you're gonna have a new appreciation of the 06
2: remake maybe we'll we'll find out next week maybe if i remember to do it so <laughs> tune in Ooh. so what are we doing for next week
1: Ooh.
0: so i've got a pick and supposedly it's a hot take in this group and i don't know why it's a hot take in this group but i'm picking the lodge oh well well
2: well. a contentious one for sure yeah i i
0: brought it up and two people in the group were like "Eh," and then one was like "ooh, i want to talk about that
3: (laughs) i suspect we're saying "eh" for very different reasons (laughs) we'll see
2: (laughs) i'm excited to talk about this it's it's a interesting movie to say the least i don't Not to give away my hand. I don't want to, but (laughs) I think I've talked with Fox about it a little bit.
3: Yeah, we did. This has been on my
0: radar for about a year because we watched The Lighthouse about a year ago and it was a it was like a preview in front of that movie. And I don't know why, but things get on my radar and they just stay on there for about (laughs) a year or two. And then I finally watch
2: them. (laughs) That's yeah, that seems to be how it works.
0: But th- this one has come to the forefront for this category, so.
2: Will this be a treat, or will it be a coal in our stocking? Tune in to find out. But in the meantime, if any of you listeners want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run The Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcasts at com. Let us know what you think about Die Hard. Do you think it's a Christmas movie? Is it not? Is it the best action movie ever? We want to know all your thoughts about Die Hard, so let us know.
0: Yeah, tell us what your traditional or non-traditional Christmas movies are, too.
2: Ooh, yeah, that'd be good to know. I'm always looking for new stuff to watch on Christmas, yeah.
0: All right, well, thanks for tuning in to us tonight. We really appreciate it. Be sure to get in contact with us and tune in next week for a possibly hot take review. Ooh, I'm so excited. um, Contested. I don't really know. They keep saying this stuff, but I don't know much about this movie. So, (laughs) anyways, this is Run the Real signing off.